Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Mike Garofalo, NFL Network, here in the home office, and you are listening to the Raiders Fan Radio Podcast, taking that lighter journey into the dark side with Murph. Swag Jeff and Michelle. She's got great hair. It's a little pink. It's a little purple. Whatever it is, I'll tell you what, if I could grow it, I would sign up for that color today. So listen to her and the entire crew as they give you all the information on the Raiders on the podcast that benefits the One Nation Foundation. It's a great cause. It's a great pod. Tune in. Turn it up. Here it comes. All that Raiders info and takes coming at you right now. Jackpot, baby. Raiders Fan Radio. Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders Fan Radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! Love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Listening live to Raiders Fan Radio. Take it away, guys. Why, thank you, Brett Musburger. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for what I trust will be a fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio, episode number 313. Of Raiders Fan Radio coming to you live from Murph's Fan Cave, uh, the retooled 1.2 version of Murph's Fan Cave. And so appreciate all of those of you that are joining uh, me uh, live in tonight. And Bomber's not even up here tonight because he got a new bed and so he's sleeping in his new bed downstairs and you want to come up here. Uh, but anyways, Vinny might be in later on tonight, maybe help me out, read some emails. But outside of that, uh, we're just going to do a little quick and dirty episode of Raiders Fan Radio here. Uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving week and uh, it's the night before Thanksgiving. It's so first off, happy Thanksgiving to all of those of you. Uh, everybody's got a little something in their life we have to be thankful for. Uh, you know, even uh, in the most dire of, of, of times and conditions, there's always something to look for, to be positive about, and to be thankful for. And so I wish you and yours nothing but the absolute best uh, this time of year. And, uh, you know, listen, Thanksgiving is also synonymous with freaking football, man. It's a great football holiday. Uh, it's a good time to have the games on as, as, as you get together with family. We have 
have a tradition around here. We call it Italian Thanksgiving, where we do uh, Thanksgiving on the Sunday before uh, Thanksgiving, where we do nothing but cook and eat Italian food. Uh, and it's also a great time because uh, friends and family get an opportunity to come over and hang out and eat a bunch of great food and then and then watch some football. And so we all got a chance to watch the Raider game. And unfortunately, the Raiders weren't able to pull out that win against Miami. But really interesting there, man. It was you know, there's no moral victories and there's no feeling good about a loss, but knowing that we can hold a high power offense like the Miami Dolphins to six points in the second half and be in a position to where it's a one score game where we have the opportunity three times to win it. Man, taking that now into KC, that's pretty, pretty strong. So there's a lot to look forward to in terms of Raider football still for the rest of this year. So I'm going to be thankful for that at a, at a minimum. But anyways, appreciate you joining us tonight. A lot of those of you are probably on the road with family or got family over. And so the fact that you're taking a minute, um, you know, to, to jump in the chat and to join live here tonight, appreciate you very, very much. And we'll be back uh, full crew next week. Uh, Michelle and Swag will be back in here. And then we're going to hope to get uh, QB Jeff back in here also very soon. And then also, for those of you um, that are familiar with Silver and Black today, which I'm sure a lot of you are, look for the show on December 20th. We're going to have freaking Scott Gilbranson in the studio. We'll give it up for LV Gully. Look forward to having him in town. And uh, he's going to join us over there in the, the, the newly uh, uh, the built fourth spot over there here in the fan cave. So we're going to look forward to, to joining uh, or having Scott join us here live in the fan cave. And I look forward to Michelle and Swaggo getting back with us the next couple of weeks. All right. So let's go ahead and, uh, and jump in to the top of the show here. Well, first off, let me go ahead and thank everybody that's in the chat because, again, a lot of you are taking your time out of your, your Thanksgiving festivities uh, to join us here. And so I want to thank uh, uh, Gonzo in there. I want to thank uh, Mojo is in there. Uh, Michelle, of course, is, is, is in there. I uh, appreciate, um, let's see who else we got in there. Hooligan Nation is in there. I uh, appreciate Mark Salter in there. Carl Howard is in there. Uh, let's see, Tony Shefford is in there. He says, salute Raider Fan Radio. Early Thanksgiving dinner tonight, so catch the nation next time. I don't blame you, brother. Get on out there and spend time with family, and uh, and, and appreciate you very, very much. Uh, Van City uh, Raider Nation is in there. Uh, Jay Jackson is in there, as I mentioned earlier. Trey B is in there. B. Al is in there. We appreciate all of you. Storm is in there. Jordan Ford is in there. Uh, he says, no, nah, man, I'm working. You're helping me slack off. Okay, deal. Uh, deal. Anything I can contribute to the delinquency in a place of employment, I'm all about that. But, um. Thank you so very, very much, all of those of you joining us live. Anyways, uh, let me get to a little bit of housekeeping. Oh, Raider Dad, what's up, Josh Kamenite? Give it up for Josh Kamenite and the amazing work that the Raider Dad folks are doing. That's a perfect lead-in. I was going to tell you that you can find us on any audio podcast service. You can find us here on the YouTubes every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, and this show is, uh, is designed now to support the One Nation Foundation. So thank you for your likes and subscribes and your retweets and all the support you give Raiders Fan Radio. We love the monetary donations that we get. We love the raffle winners and all the things that we do, advertising dollars uh, that we get to generate around here uh, because we get to give those to Raiders-related charities like Raider Dad. And even if you aren't able to contribute monetarily directly to the show, just help us retweet the me- or retweet to help us repeat the message. Just get it out there about about the One Nation Foundation. Uh, if you got a Raider friend, tell them about the show. Uh, you know, whatever. If you got you'll be gathering around a bunch of Raider fans this week at your Thanksgiving gatherings. Do us a favor, just let them know about Raiders Fan Radio because that uh, you know as we generate um, you know attention for the for the for the show. We are going to generate advertising opportunities that are going to go all the way to. 
straight to the foundation and then go to great folks like Raider Dad who are taking underprivileged kids to Raider games and helping connect them with their parental figures through the Raiders. It's an absolutely amazing organization. We're very thankful. Uh, we're very happy, Dad. Uh, to uh, to be part uh, and partnered with Raider Dad and with Josh Kamenite. So thank you so very, very much. Paul is in there. Paul, of course, is in the UK. He doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, uh, he says, uh, not a holiday for me, but I'm thankful for Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> there you go. boy, Paul. Uh, Salvo Zan is in there. Says, greetings and salutations uh, to, to Raider Nation. Absolutely. In fact, let me see if I can get, let's see. I'm going to do this so you guys can see these chats. How about that? Are they up there now? There we go. Uh, Salvo Zen, thank you for joining us. Uh, JP, thank you for in there. He says, uh, with what we saw against the Dolphins, we should be positive, shouldn't we? I agree, man. I absolutely think that uh, that um, uh, we, we got a lot to take uh, out of that Miami game to be positive about. Uh, Murph says, or Lee B. Jeez. Uh, Lee B says, Murph, uh, another selfie. Pick up the slack by himself again tonight. Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving week, you know, and it's Swago's anniversary today and stuff. So let, the, you know, let Swago and Michelle spend that time with family and, uh, and, and we'll catch up with them again here in another couple of weeks. Lencho says, uh, the WKRP turkey drop. That was one of my all time favorite episodes uh, of, of television is the WKRP turkey drop. That's a great call out. Gladiatorator is in there, says, was that game Sunday? Lost opportunities, defense played very well. Absolutely, and I think that's something else that we have to be encouraged about. I'm going to get to once we get through respect. I'm going to I'm going to get to some of the the talking points uh, around this last game and what we have to look forward to in this game coming up, and that's going to be one of them. So let me go ahead and jump in here, uh, do do some contact info, and then we'll jump into respect, and we're going to get we're going to dive a whole bunch into the rivalry of the Chiefs and Raiders and the importance of the Chiefs and Raiders. We're going to play Uncle Mosh's Autumn Storm, but then we're going to also talk a lot about the contemporary rivalry and what it, this game means to us and the Raiders and some things that we had to look forward to in terms of you know opportunities to, to win this, which I think is a very winnable game. But anyways, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into contact info, and then uh, let's talk about the Raiders. Hey, Raider Nation, you got your old Uncle Mosh here with an updated contact info. So sit up, zip up, shut up, and pay attention. You can call us at 909-345-3346, or as Murph would say, 909-345-3346. How about emailing me? You want to email me? Email me at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. Or what about reaching out to us on some of that social media stuff Swaggy likes? Try Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. The Twit at Twitter at Raiders Fan Radio. Insta something. Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. The Tiki Tiki Taki Tok. TikTok at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about the Twitch? Some of you out there twitching. Anyway, Twitch at Raiders Fan Radio. Or if you don't like that, go to the YouTube. America, go to the YouTube. YouTube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. Oh, my God. If that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, go to your podcast provider and search Raiders Fan Radio. Holy crap, that was a lot.
good. I appreciate all of those of you joining us again tonight. So here at the top of the show, you know, we don't do props. We don't do shout outs. There's nothing wrong with those. Oh, I can't talk either. There's nothing wrong with those things. But uh, we're Italian. We like to give a little bit of respect. Murph, Swaggy J, Nation. It's time for a little respect. You know... Respect ain't bought, it ain't sold, it ain't demanded, it ain't negotiated, it's earned. And without blowing smoke or giving shameless plugs, we want to say salute and much respect to the following folks. I appreciate you joining us tonight for Raider Nation, Raiders Fan Radio, Raider Nation, and let's uh, jump into some respect. Uh, so here at the top of the show, uh, we always want to want to acknowledge. So, so here you go. So it's, it's Thanksgiving. There's, there's some some folks I'm thankful for. First off, this is going to be weird to you guys. I'm thankful for the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Uh, right before we went live here tonight uh, for Raiders Fan Radio, I got invited to join the guys at Arrowhead Addict. So shout out Sterling, shout out Adam, and shout out uh, Richard, their producer. And I much respect to those guys for having me on, uh, invited me to join them behind enemy lines there and uh, and go in and talk a little bit about this Raiders team and and what we thought the, the you know the outlook was going to be and great guys man um so they're on the fan sided network as well there it's funny so that Arrowhead Addict show is like the biggest show on fan sided I don't know where we fall in on the rankings but I know theirs is number one and so um anyway so that was a good time on there with those guys real friendly I mean we were able to you know kind of cut up a little bit and take shots at one another here and there and uh, and so it was pretty fun so check that out uh, it's the newest episode of Arrowhead Addict it was a live broadcast it's on their YouTube you can find it and then you can also find it I'm sure on any audio podcast um but much respect to those guys and you know they have a really well done show and um you can tell they're like media guys. Like one of them uh, does a local uh, KC you know, talk show. Heck, Adam is one of the, you know, if the not founder of Fansided. So anyways, you can tell they're media guys. And uh, and Richard does a great job in the production of that show. And so great job, uh, great time joining them. So uh, I want to give them respect. But although also too, so they sent me a list of questions that they wanted to talk about. Now I'm not just going to go over each question and give you my answer. But because it would just be doing the same show over and over again. But this show is conversational when it's at its best. And so I want to throw them out there and hear from you guys. I'm going to just kind of throw some of these, the higher levels uh, of these things out there to you all and hear what your response is, um, because I think that's very, very interesting. And we'll get into the, the to the meat of that um, when we start talking about the game coming up. But anyways, good stuff there from those guys and appreciate them very, very much. Paul says they won't want you on next week after we kick their asses. I, you know what, Paul? I'm telling you. I'm telling you that there's this this thing is, is, is well, anyways, I'll save it because we're going to get to it here in a minute. All right, next up, I want to give respect to the NFL, which, you know, the NFL boogers up a lot of things a lot of times, but uh, you, I, you can never go wrong when you're giving respect and giving recognition to the great John Madden and the idea that the NFL now for these Thanksgiving games, all the players are going to be wearing a patch with John Madden's visage on it, I think is an absolute great call by the league. And, uh, and it's, and it's about damn time. I mean, uh, you know, we as Raider fans are highly, you know, aware of the significant 
you know, uh, contributions that John Madden has given to the league uh, greater than even just the Raiders themselves. But R- Madden himself was just such an, an amazing figure. And so for now, uh, the, the league to recognize that because he's like we say that Thanksgiving is synonymous with with with, with football in, in a lot of ways as a holiday. Well, Madden is synonymous with football in, on Thanksgiving. And so uh, I think that it's really great that the that the league is doing that. And so much respect to them. And so here's what's it's funny. Um, uh, there's this show I've, I've not only seen bits and pieces of it, whatever's online. It's on like ESPN plus or something, but anyways, but it's Peyton Manning and he hosts different, uh, you know, former players and stuff. And they go on, they have these little segments and things. And we featured this before because he's had Fred Boletnikoff on there talking about stick and whatnot. Uh, but he had one, uh, this past week where he's got Phil Villapiano, uh, and George Atkinson, former Raiders defensive greats on there, talking about John Madden. And so it's pretty cool tie-in here. So I've got the audio for you. Let's check in with these three guys as they talk about Madden and his three rules. Did John Madden have any rules? Well, we had three rules, Peyton. Raider rule number one, be on time. I like that one. Raider rule number two, pay attention. Okay. Raider rule number three, play, play like, like hell, hell on, on Sunday. Sunday. Okay, my defense! George, Phil, and Madden's players played like hell when he told them to. 40 renegades together, you know. Madden never had a losing season and posted the highest winning percentage in modern NFL history. Good Super Bowl. <laughs> now here I was walking in his footsteps. You can't go any further unless you wear this. What the heck is that? That's John Madden's sideline pad. He was the head coach, and he had to wear a press pass? He was very anonymous at that time. John Madden used to be anonymous? When we started winning, John got very superstitious about the pass. A credential wasn't the only thing John Madden was superstitious about. He wore the same pants, same shirt, every game. Blue on blue with the pass. There's the pass. Here's coach, after a game with the pass. I mean, he was like a football Steve Jobs. Peyton's Places, according to Jordan Ford. Yeah, that's the name of the show. Peyton's Places, so look for that. And uh, pretty cool there. They're, they're talking about the, the greatness of John Madden and, and, his, and his superstitious nature and uh, just what, what an incredible figure that he was to the NFL. And as, as Paul says, uh, I still miss Coach. I do, too. That one, I mean, I miss a lot of the great Raiders that, that we've lost. You know, obviously, Kenny uh, is, is on that short list. Cliff Branch. I mean, there, there's so many. But, uh, but Coach Madden, man, he's, he's, he's kind of the one that was outside of Al Davis. He was the responsible for the building of the mystique of the Raiders. And so uh, I do, too, Paul. I, I do. I miss Coach quite a bit. And so, so glad to see that the NFL is going to be recognizing him uh, on, on, uh, on Thanksgiving Day. All right, I'm going to go ahead and hit a break, and then let's jump into this KC game and talk about this rivalry. Nobody enjoyed a good Donnybrook more than sixth-year linebacker Phil Villapiano. This is Phil Villapiano, and you're listening to Raiders Fan Radio. 
Their battles are legendary, bred of jealousy and contempt and nurtured into full-blown hatred. The Oakland Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs have waged wildcat war for over 40 years. Well, the rivalry started in, in the AFL. It's rooted as deep as it can be with that. The AFL were these eight franchises, mostly frustrated owners who couldn't get into the NFL. The Raiders were kind of a late add-on, and they were a doormat in the early years of the AFL when the Chiefs were in Dallas as the Dallas Texans. And the Chiefs moved to Kansas City about the time an assistant coach named Al Davis took command of the Oakland Raiders. General manager and head coach Al Davis epitomized the Raider mystique. He was a hustler from Brooklyn. If Al Davis came along today, he would star in The Sopranos. I mean, he was that kind of guy. Watch your back. Al Davis is around. He has this image in Kansas City that's probably mythical, a Darth Vader-like, creepy guy that wears silver and black jumpsuits. And for years, there was talk that he would put bounties on Chiefs players so that his Oakland guys would go get him in a game. Davis didn't care how you played the game as long as you win. The famous mantra, just win, baby. I think the way he sort of inflamed the rivalry is the way he treated the people that were on the opposing sideline. There was a reason why, somewhere down the line, somewhere in history, why these people derived such a hate for the Oakland Raiders. If Al Davis wore the black hat, Chiefs owner Lamar Hunt sported the white. Lamar Hunt is congenial. He's classy. He is one of the originals. When you meet him, you feel like you're in the presence of some great president. If you look at those two organizations, they're so diametrically opposed. You've got the Chiefs, who are the most collegiate of the NFL organizations. They couldn't have facial hair. They wore ties. And the Raiders pretty much, they were the rebels. They did dressed and looked the way they wanted. But they became the two best teams out of that league. The Raiders built their team to beat the Chiefs. Al Davis had this mantra that in order to get to the championship game, you have to build your team to win the division. It was all pretty simple. Whoever won the Western Division was going to probably win the AFL. All right, there you go. So there's a little bit of the, of the origin of, the, of this team. You hear Ben Davidson there at the very, very end who famously, you know, stuffed his helmet into Lenny Dawson's back and got ejected after Otis Taylor came after him and they started a big fight. And, you know, it's, um yeah, Jordan Ford in there says choir boys and car thieves. And that's it. And, you know, it's funny. So this rivalry has been going on for all these many, many decades. And you still hear some points being made there and that that clip i played for you that thing's gosh i don't know it's probably 10 years old now at this point these things still run true the raiders have to be built in a way to where we can beat the chiefs that's it and the championship runs through kansas city until our raider team gets to a point where we can beat the chiefs with regularity we are not going to have success in terms of, uh, you know, advancing in the postseason. It's just not going to happen, let alone, God forbid, we win a division. So it's really interesting how, you know, history doesn't always inform your present, but there are certainly echoes, right? There are certainly things that have happened in the past that still hold true. And I would say, I know I'm jaded, and so you tell me, chat room, if you think any, any different, 
I think that the Raiders-Chiefs rivalry is number one in the NFL. I don't think there's anyone that rivals it. You have some great ones. You have Bears-Packers. You have, you have Niners-Cowboys. You have, you know, whatever. You have Jets-Giants, right? Like, there are some very good rivals in the NFL. I don't think any of them have, the, other than maybe Green Bay and Chicago, I don't think any of them have the history that our Raiders-Chiefs rivalry has. And the reason I think that is that Green Bay-Chicago is a geographical rival. Even just, you could even say that about the Giants and Jets. Now, the Niners and Cowboys aren't, but the, the Raiders-Chiefs rivalry was built on both of them being two of the best teams in that league at the AFL at the time, and then in the conference in the AFC. So when you have two of the best, and then they happen to be in the same division, there's no geography that dictates. It's like the Raiders Niners. Like that's a rivalry quote, but it's a geographical thing. They're different conferences. They they would never play each other in the postseason unless it was a Super Bowl. Like it's more of a just like we can't stand them because they were the freaking you know the golden boys of the Bay Area back when we, you know and all the media attention would go to the Niners and they got they were like they got all the favor from everyone and we were just like the freaking you know the redheaded stepchildren in the corner and so that idea that like that's where that came from that rivalry with us and the Niners you know the, so anyways that said i i don't think you tell me guys i don't think there's any other and i would even put it up there with all of sports it's up there with boston and new york for baseball like it's up there with like the i mean the all-time greatest rivalries in sports and that's what brings out so much passion in us as raider fans and even the chiefs side as well but i mean like just like we have chiefs week what's well, raider week to them and that idea that it's even despite the team's lack of successes at times, and it's been our turn in the barrel here for however long, it's still a rivalry, and it's still a big deal, and it's still a big deal to the current Raiders, and we're going to talk about the, the, this, this current game going in, but I really want to lock into this, how important this rivalry is, and, and you know, it's important to a guy like my Uncle Mosh, who we're going to play his autumn storm here when we get to the end of this segment before we get into the newer parts of this in terms of like specifics of the game itself and not just the history of it. But listen, this is how long it goes back to. The first time the Raiders and Chiefs played was September 16, 1960. Okay, so we're talking about a 63-year history of playing this team, and that was back when they were the Dallas Texans, which is the rivalry between the Raiders and Chiefs started back when they were the Texans, before they were even the freaking Kansas City Chiefs. Anyways, and then, of course, the latest meeting was last year. Actually, it was earlier in this year. It was in January of 23. Um, so, there's been 128 total games. The Chiefs in the all-time series, they've got us. They've got a 72-54 to 54. Postseason results, the Chiefs got us two to one. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, and then it's got the let's oh, the longest winning streak. Okay, here we go. The Chiefs' longest winning streak against us was nine from 2003 to 2007. The longest winning streak for the Raiders was seven back in 75 to 78. Well, they're currently on a five-game win streak. So they're already, you know, over halfway the all-time greatest win streak they've had against us because the last time we beat them was when we did a lap around the Arrowhead Stadium in the freaking Gruden bus. Now, when it comes to AFL championships, uh, there's been four total. The Chiefs got three of them. We have one. Super Bowl championships. We are tied with the Chiefs. We gave them a 25-year head start, then they finally now just caught up to us. So they have three. We have three. Western Division champions. Chiefs have, have two. We have three. Super Bowl appearances. We are tied at five. 
AFC West Divisional Championships. The Chiefs have 13. We have 12. AFC wildcard berths, the Chiefs have nine. We have seven. Even despite the lack of success we have had over all these years outside of a blip on the radar in 2016 and then go back to the Gruden years, despite all that lack of success, it's still, in terms of the history of the rivalry, it's still pretty close other than win-loss record in the regular season now. Everything else of consequence, the freaking Raiders-Chiefs rivalry is still real and so it's it's time for the Raiders to freaking step up and get this thing going and lock this thing up for us this week we're coming off this 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 loss against Miami but we've proven that we can handle a high-powered offense and so the idea that we could we now have a home game and we've got four or five games left this season that are at home the Raiders are poised that with a win against Kansas City that could propel us guys to a position to where we could be in serious conversation around the playoffs. And I know the Broncos are resurging, but we've got them at home the second time we play them. That's going to be the game to close out the year. That could potentially be for, you know, a tiebreaker situation for a wild card. Listen, man, this is huge. This is this has been the biggest regular season game for the Raiders. Got to go back to since we played the Chargers to, to at, at the last game of the season to make the playoffs. That was the last time we had a game of this consequence because this is basically going to make or break the season for us. This is going to make or break. I don't want to say make or break Antonio Pierce, but it's going to, this will put us on the map. This will put him on the map. It's one thing to beat a couple of New York teams that are struggling. It's one thing to, 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 to um, you know, squeak out a loss on the road against Miami and the early time set. You beat the Chiefs at home, everyone's talking about us. Everyone's taking us at, you know, more than just face value. Everyone's taking us for real. Uh, and, and, and the narrative, and I use that word a lot, but it's all going to change around the Raiders should, they, should we take care of this football game. This is a big football game for the Raiders, and I'm here for it, man. I, I, I'm excited. I think that, that um, the, the, the players know they have a lot to play for. And I don't think that's lost on them. I don't think the rivalry is lost on them. Uh, I'll tell you what, just even the current Chiefs players understand it. I'm going to play a clip for you. I don't normally play clips from other players from other teams, but listen to this. This is Chris Jones, arguably one of the best defensive tackles. In, I mean, arguable. He is one of the best defensive tackles in the league, talking about this Raiders-Chiefs rivalry. And listen to how, even how he closes out his comments here. This is very interesting. So I think this game is even more important for standings. The Raiders um, shift of head coach. They've been doing a heck of a job of getting brand, um, Josh Jacobs established. So um, they're a very good team, and they've shown a sense of fire over the last few weeks as they uh, transition to a new head coach. So I think it's, it's important to um, <laughs> emphasize on how important this game is also to the young guys and, you know, the blood of this game and the history of this game and how it came about even in between the owners. All right, did you hear that there? The blood of the game, the history of this game, even between the owners. And we heard in that clip there that I played the very first one about the hit, the rivalry between Lamar Hunt and Al Davis. You know, Al Davis was, I got, <laughs> check this out. This is what Al Davis was. He was the NFL's middle finger. The Raiders seemed to spring whole from one man's mysterious personality. He was the anti-Finley, dressed in black with a pompadour. Consumed by the game of football. 
Al Davis was the NFL's middle finger. He always looked to me to be a Las Vegas car dealer or something, or a casino owner. In Oakland, he had a, he had a black Cadillac Fleetwood Brougham with black tinted windows and no license plates. He really doesn't care if you like him. He really doesn't care if you respect him. The only thing he wants you to do is fear him. All right, that, I think that uh, that's what G, the legendary Gene Upshaw there. He doesn't care if you like him. He doesn't care if you respect him. All he wants you to do is fear him. I think that's the same kind of vibe that Antonio Pierce is bringing to this team. He's bringing back the raideriness of this team. He's bringing back the idea that we don't care. We don't care what you think, what your, what your, your perception of the Raiders is. We don't really care. We just want to win, and we want to be feared. And I, I know it's a different version of the NFL nowadays, and you can't, you know, play the same way that those Raiders teams did. But I think that there's uh, earlier this season I, I talked a lot about how it would be nice to see the Raiders take on that mystique in a way that can work in 2023. And I think now we're doing that, and we've got the right man that's leading us to do that. And I think that that's in sharp contrast to what the Chiefs are nowadays. Again, so talk about echoes of the past, man. Um, so, all right, so here we go. So let's talk a little bit about the specifics of the game and the things that the Raiders can do to win this football game. I mentioned I was on earlier with the Arrowhead Attic guys, and they sent this, this list of questions, and I want to know what, you're, what you guys think in the, in the chat room. And some of the comments are already starting to come in. And happy Thanksgiving to all of those of you. and getting a lot of Thanksgivings. Happy Thanksgivings in there, including Gregory Hopkins. And, uh, yes, happy Thanksgiving to you too, my friend, and, and everyone in there. Uh, I love you guys, and thank you for joining me here uh, as you're probably getting ready to start celebrating with family if you haven't already done it. Um, all right, so there are... There's this stat, this expected points added, which is this this stat that, that comes up with basically they assign a point value to each play in an NFL game. It's it's all part of this new age analytics and stuff that's going on. Well, the Chiefs are ninth in EPA per play. The Raider defense is 13th in EPA per play. Is it finally a fair fight? And my answer to that is yes. We have finally have a defense I think that can t- that can keep up with the Chiefs. And so to give you some old school specific, uh, you know stats around it the Raiders lead the NFL with only 12.7 points allowed per game in the last three games overall this season they've allowed the 13th least points per game their best rank since 2002 when making the Super Bowl and they're the third best in defense in that stat at home so the Raiders now are playing defense to a level that we haven't seen since 2002 so in, in, in some areas, which goes even beyond that great defense that we had in 06. So this we can we can keep up the, with the Chiefs. Plus, they have struggles on offense. We've saw the drops. Their drop their their wide receivers cannot hang on to a football. This whole wide receiver by committee thing that they're doing now was a mistake. I, you know, when you look at it was Mahomes and Kelsey and tra- uh, and, and, and and Tyreek Hill, right? Well, losing Tyreek Hill, man. That changed the dynamic of this offense. And now you got, you got different guys in there. And, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes can make wide receivers look good, but they still got to be able to catch the ball. And so if we can take advantage of their weaknesses on defense, uh, or excuse me, if their weaknesses on, on offense, which, and there are a few, but that's one of them, and we can keep the game close, I think the Raiders have a real shot at winning this football game. I don't think it's that far over. Now, this is going to define our season. This is going to be it. If we get our asses kicked 
if we get you know blown out of Allegiant Stadium by 30 points, well, then that's that's that pretty much is going to write the story. Even if we lose a close one, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, you could feel better or sorta, I guess, that we can keep up. But you know, in terms of the outlook of the rest of the season, and with a loss here, this thing is pretty much going to be done. Um, so, what else to look forward to? Uh, I think Aiden O'Connell, despite some of the setbacks that he had in Miami, and and I caught some shit on the um, on the Silver and Black Today show from some of the listeners there when we did the post game, and I and I said something about Aiden O'Connell being exposed, in that it exposed his inability to get out of pressure uh, in the pocket. But we knew that that was the knock against him out of college. And it exposed his inability on some of those bubble screens and stuff. Maybe it's velocity, maybe it's placement, whatever it is, his inability to make those out throws that, you know, when we talk about arm strength. Yeah. I mean, pretty much anybody in the NFL can chuck it downfield, you know, 60 yards or at least over 50, but can you zip it out to the corners? Like that's, you know, on a bubble screen or a quick outs or, you know, five, 10 yard outs. Can you zip the ball in on that? That's where arm strength really gets shown off at. And, and we know we didn't see a lot of that. And then he also got, you know, Bo Hardegree continuing to call those plays when they weren't having success. So some things were exposed there. That said, I think that you could adjust from that. You change. You do things different. And Aiden O'Connell will continue to improve. And he's a fourth-round player. So he's going to get better. He's going to be – I'm not going to say he's going to be fine. He's going to take us to the Super Bowl one day. But he's going to get better. And so I'm going to look forward to watching that progression because here's why. When you look at Raiders' history, the entire history of this football team, Aiden O'Connell has the fourth most passing yards out of any quarterback in his first four starts with 871 yards. He is also number three in pass attempts with 132, number two in completions with 80, number five in touchdown passes with two, and he's tied for second with interceptions, which is a knock, uh, with five. But that is Raiders history, guys. And I understand this is a different version of the NFL. I understand that defenses are played different now and the rules are different and all that. But you're still talking about the history of the league. This guy is, is up there with the greatest or any of the quarterbacks that have ever played for this team in the first four games. So is that something to look forward to and to be excited about? I think so. So if we can get offensive production out of Aiden O'Connell, three things out of, out of this football team, play good defense. Well, we know we can do that. Run the football. We know we can do that. Hopefully we get a healthy Colton Miller back this week and we get back to running the football effectively with Josh Jacobs like we know he can do, and especially since AP has taken over. And the third thing is don't turn the ball over. So if we can do those three things, and I'm confident we can do those three things, and we know the Chiefs have some weaknesses because if they if it bleeds, we can kill it, right? So I think that there's a lot to, be look, look, a lot to look forward to in this game against the Chiefs. Uh, the other questions these guys asked Raiders players uh, respond to in- interim coach Antonio Pierce better than they did with McDaniels. What is the change meant for this team? Again, I'll, I'll save you rehashing the whole answer, but you guys know the cultural turnaround of this franchise has been massive and it hundred percent lands on one man's shoulders. Antonio Pierce, you got, I want him to have the job just for that alone because that demonstrates like such high levels of leadership like, I mean, I just listen, I listen to his press conferences now and I'm sucked in. 
Reminds me of the old, like, not Gruden one or 2.0, but 1.0. Going way back with, with, with Gruden. Reminds me of Basaccia. Like, guys that when they're doing their press conferences, I'm, I'm in. I'm like, I'm in. it's not just bullshit, fat-eared coach speak like stupid McDaniels with his wannabe Bill Belichick ass, like up there just giving you nonsense and nothing, not taking accountability for anything, pointing fingers at everyone else. You know, all that like, oh, we got to execute better. Well, no, what do you got to do better, Josh? It used to drive me nuts listening to a Josh McDaniels press conference. Now when I listen to an Antonio Pierce press conference, I'm locked in. I'm all ears, man. I'm I'm totally in it. Um, So Antonio Pierce, man, I'm a huge fan. I'm just, again, and until he gives us, I'll say this, until he gives us a reason to not root for him to be the next head coach full-time, then I'm all in. Like, because he hasn't done anything to not, right? And I know that some of the some folks out there question some of his game choices there, the management choices there at the end. Even I was one of them. I'm like, why can't we kick some more field goals and make this thing a different game? And, you know, I get, I get all that. But he's also in his press conference when it came to, like, kicking the field goals, he's like, no, I was we ain't trying to just do no. We're trying to tie the game. We were in a position to tie the football game. That's what we're trying to do. And what did Al Davis say? He don't want first downs. He wants touchdowns. So I'm with it, man. Uh, Edge Max Crosby leads the league in pressures and is awesome against the run. Do I think he can win Defensive Player of the Year? Absolutely. I thought he could win Defensive Player of the Year. It's why I shout out BetMGM Sports. I bet on him to win Defensive Player of the Year at the at the, at the beginning of the year before it started. Uh, here's a, here was a great question. Chat room, check this out. Devontae Adams is finally finding a groove with his new quarter, quarterback, but corner Legereus Sneed for the Chiefs has been shutting down wide receiver ones. Who wins this matchup? So I asked the guys, I said, all right, well, is Sneed the kind of guy that's going to follow Devontae Adams around the field? Because Devontae lines up all over the place. And they said yes. So we are going to get a heavy dose of their best corner on our best wide receiver. Well, Devontae's open always. I don't care who you put on him. He's always going to be open. So that is going to be an incredibly fun matchup to watch. And if they, especially if they start to double or they start to cheat any, any bit to try to shut down Devontae with the, re, with the resurgence now of Hunter Renfro, the emergence of Michael Myers, we already know what Jacoby Myers can do. I'm telling you all, we got these, there's, the tea leaves are starting to read that this is going to be a highly competitive game and the Raiders are going to have a chance to win it. Um, he asked about Josh Jacobs exploiting KC's uh, defense. This was interesting. They made the point that KC purposely or purposefully, whatever that word is, allows teams to run on them because they know they've got such a high-powered offense and they're going to score points. You can't grind them out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just grind them out and, and kick a field goal or grind them out to a long possession and, and, and score one. No, because they're going to go bang, bang, bang. They're going to get on the field one or two series, then they're going to be putting the ball in the end zone. So that idea that they're going to allow you to run the football and not get chunk plays on them, that is 100% a strategy of this Steve Spagnolo defense. And so that is going to be very interesting to watch. And it will be, I mean, crucial. If Josh Jacobs can get loose, if we can see him with a breakaway type scenario or get, get some chunk plays on the ground, that's going to be massive for our football team. And then the last thing, that they asked about was this. They said, give us an X factor. Well, my answer was number one, the, the ultimate X factor for the Raiders this year, as of right now, is Antonio Pierce. There is no other, 
because of everything that we've already pontificated about, um, I think it's 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 Antonio Pierce, and then it's and it's everything else. But in terms of something on the field, uh, I told them if if any of you Chiefs fans aren't familiar with Robert Spillane, you will be at three twenty five on Sunday. Uh, that to me was 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 one of the X factors going on. All right, so last thing I'm gonna give you is this. Here's what's on the line for Kansas City. And I'm gonna hit a break, and then we're gonna get to your voicemails and your emails, and we're gonna talk. Uh, we're going to hear from you because more of you and less of me is a good thing. So uh, the Chiefs beat the Raiders on Sunday. Andy Reid will move into a tie with John Gruden for second most wins by a head coach at Allegiant Stadium with four. Josh McDaniels has the most with six. If Antonio Pierce can win out the season at home, he will be tied with Josh McDaniels for the most wins at Allegiant Stadium as a head coach. Very interesting there. Raiders are 3-17 and 17 since Andy Reid took over in 2013. All three wins came when Kansas City was on a short week. Chiefs will be on a short week this Sunday in Las Vegas. Again, the tea leaves are starting to line up. Andy Reid is 18-5 and five versus the Raiders in the entirety of his career. The only coaches with a better winning percentage is John Fox and Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, Travis Kelsey is tied for fifth most catches at a hundred, which is tied fourth most. Oh, and also tied fourth most touchdown catches, uh, 11 and has sixth most yards receiving, which is 1,289 all time versus the Raiders. That is 14 catches behind Tony Gonzalez, two touchdown catches behind Antonio Gates and 226 yards behind Gonzalez for most ever versus the Raiders. With two good games, he could catch all of them this season. There are some not only big stories to be told and some big things on the line for this season, but there are some all-time rivalry and record-y kind of stuff riding on this game. Telling you, this is the biggest game since we played the Chargers. Let's go to the chat room here. I want to check in and see what everybody's got to say. Uh, Foxy Scorpio says, don't tell Murph Foxy's late. <laughs> okay. What's up, Foxy Scorpio? Uh, uh, Paul in there says, take the penalty or ejection. It must have been on something else there. X Factor, uh, Myers. I agree. I agree. I think Michael Mayer, uh, 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 Carl Howard could definitely be uh, an X Factor. Uh, Raider Nation Jason says he's got Devontae. Uh, Jacoby, uh, Paul Edgerton says, feed Jacoby. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Ron the Materator says, dude is learning on the job. Got to cut him some slack. You know, and that's another interesting point. I'm assuming that was that comment was about Antonio Pierce. Very interesting there that, and I think it was Graphic that put out a tweet on this. And if it was, and shout out Graph. Uh, very interesting point that we're holding, for the in terms of the criticism that's been out there on uh, any of it that's been on Antonio Pierce, and it's not come from me by any means, but any of some of the fans out there that are critical. You're having an expectation that he's going to clean up the mess that Josh McDaniels left overnight. Well, when you consider the amount of mess that he's already cleaned up, that's what's got me so fired up about the guy and where I'm telling you he's already done such a highly admirable job when it comes to coaching this football team. Because think about how things were three weeks ago or a month ago. Think about where this team and we were at Devontae slamming his helmet on the sidelines. Everybody all pissed off. Like, I mean, you think about the, the again, the culture of the organization then versus now. I'm telling you, it's absolutely incredible uh, what this man has already done to turn it around. So that's a great call out from Ron the Materator. 
Appreciate Jordan Ford. Uh, appreciate Raider Nation Jason. Appreciate Lee B. Appreciate Carl Howard. Appreciate uh, JP is in there. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us live tonight. James Furpo is in there. Uh, appreciate Vibrator. What's up, baby? Uh, appreciate Gonzo is in there. Julian Cardenas is in there. Appreciate Corey Fleck in there. Adriel Ramirez. There you go. Corey Fleck says, I was at the Bears game. Yeah, think about where we were at as a team after the Bears game compared to where we are now, and then tell me that, that you've got criticism for Antonio Pierce, man, because I don't see it. All right, let's go ahead and get to the CF fans mailbag. I think. Come on, CF fans mailbag, where we hear from you, because more of you and less of us is a good thing. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There he is, fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tied, he's thrown. It is. All right, I appreciate you, Raider Nation, joining me here live tonight for episode number 313 of Raiders Fan Radio. All right, so we're going to get to your emails, and um, uh, we got your emails, and I've got just a couple of voicemails to play before we get out of here. And also, I'm going to play the Autumn Storm. We'll do that at the end. We'll do Uncle Mosh's Autumn Storm as we head in. And uh, So if you send us an indefinite amount of emails, uh, you can become a made man or a made woman. Or if you call the show and leave your message and we play it three times, you can become a made man or a made woman that way. And so we appreciate all of those of you that are on that on that short list. Well, it's not even a short list anymore, but all of those of you that are have a seat at the table and uh, and represent Raiders Fan Radio so very, very well. And we've got a new one tonight. And so we'll hit the made man music here at the end. And it is uh, Cody Gillespie, who is also Van City Raider, who we we, we saw in there uh, in the chat room earlier. And uh, he's been just a great uh, addition to this show and, and appreciate his fandom and his takes. And so uh, let's hear from him. He says, good afternoon, RFR family. It's Cody Gillespie again, the Van City Raider. Coming at you three, or just me tonight, um, uh, coming at three of you again, my guys Murph, Swaggy, and my girl Michelle from north of the U.S. border of Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, my American brothers and sisters. I hope you're all having an amazing holiday with family and loved ones. I'm writing this email as I would like to discuss with you a newfound passion of mine. Coach Antonio Pierce, this man was born a Raider. He was born to be the leader of the team, and to be quite frank with everyone, I think it's borderline embarrassing and disrespectful that he still has the word interim in front of the words head coach. I'm not going to disagree with that a bit. Uh, I was telling a friend of mine the other day that I literally envisioned the scene at the beginning of The Lion King where the entire animal kingdom is gathered at Pride Rock to watch Rikifi, uh, Rafiki, sorry, um, the baboon of the movie who was also Mark Davis, 
walk out to the edge and present Simba, the lion's Antonio Pierce, to the kingdom, the kingdom is Raider Nation, and the new prince and heir to, of the jungle. The jungle is the NFL. Uh, when he holds up the lion, the animal kingdom goes crazy with joy. Now, can't you just see that? Anyways, what this man has done in less than a month with this team has been nothing short of incredible. The pride, the poise, the focus, and the ability to play a full 60 minutes in an entire game out of his players is remarkable. And the final but most important thing this man has done in the in the change is morale, mentality, and culture. I feel the Raider way is back, truly, and that he is a man that is going to make this a respectable organization and franchise again and return this team to greatness under his leadership. This isn't his first rodeo either. Uh, he's been coaching high school, coached Arizona State, before making his entry into the NFL as a linebacker coach. He is a true leader of men. The way this team took Miami in their number one offense to the last play of the game with our defense is something I haven't seen in my time as a Raider fan. Uh, he'll, of course, have to follow that up with a stellar performance against the god-awful Kansas, Kansas shitty queefs, but I have no doubt in my mind he's going to do uh, do so and say he's not going to give us a thank... Wait, let's see. And do so. And who's to say he's not going to give us the Thanksgiving miracle we all want in a victory over the Queefs? If he does so, if he takes over the big office and becomes the coach these players and this fan base deserves, it will be time to remove the interim tag and this fan base uh, to go to bed at night, finally knowing our beloved Raiders are the best, are in the best hands it can be, the hands of Coach AP. Then this upcoming offseason, we hit the draft hard to find the next franchise quarterback. Uh, for this squad, Jane Daniels was under the tutelage of Coach Pearson at Ohio State, or, uh, Arizona State. Saw that. That's a great call out there. I think Jane Daniels, man. I'm more I watch that young man. Uh, he would be a great addition to this football team. We need a quarterback, defensive tackle, corner, a couple O-linemen this upcoming offseason, which is more than manageable. This Raider fan believes it's time for the Raiders to return to greatness, and I believe Compton's own Antonio Pierce is the man to get us there. Jim Harbaugh, who? Anyways, happy. Anyway, he's happy. Anyways, family, happy Thanksgiving. And as always, win, lose, or tie, Raiders till I die, Raider Nation till the very end. Signed a diehard Raider, Cody Gillespie, a.k.a. Van City Raider. You are made man. You showed you are part of the family by participation. By chance, a man like yourself should make enemies, then they would become my enemies. Showing you are a friend of Raiders Fan Radio, you have leapt across the line. Friendship is everything. Friendship is more than talent. It is more than the government. It's almost equal to family. Be loyal. Made man, Raider fan. Someday, and that day may never come, I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But until that day, accept this as a gift. And don't ever forget, words can hurt more, but silence can break hearts. Congratulations there to Van City Raider. And as Paul says, welcome to the table, my friend. Pull up a chair. Absolutely. We appreciate you very, very much. All right, next up, let's get to James Williams, another made man. He says, good evening, family. First and foremost, F. Chris Sims. <laughs> Someone needs to take his microphone, shine it up, shine it up real nice, turn that some bit sideways, and stick it straight up his candy ass. Well, unfortunately, the Raiders lost in Miami. Unlike other losses in the past couple decades, this loss was not terrible. 
A loss is a loss, and there are no moral victories. There are plenty of things the Raiders need to work on and keep building. So why am I not upset? Well, this was not an embarrassing loss. The Raiders competed. The Raiders flew to the East Coast and played a 10 a.m. game and actually competed. The Raiders were a double-digit underdog and kept the game within a one score. The defense, uh, the defense played lights out, and we should all be proud of this defense. It's just too bad the offense didn't take advantage of opportunities that the defense provided. Well, it's on to the hated piece of crap team from the Midwest. This round, the Raiders and Raider Nation is energized and confident the Raiders can actually win the game in Vegas. As always, I love the Raiders, Raider Nation, and this genius and entertaining show. Ah, geez. Well, thanks, man. That's very kind. Gosh, we've never been called a genius and entertaining show. That's, that's wow, pretty high praise, man. Thank you, James Williams. Everyone have a safe Thanksgiving and eat until you pass out. Oh, yeah, Michelle, 11 and 6 is still on the table. <laughs> You're genius and entertaining, James Williams. Thank you for, for the email and the very, very kind words there. Uh, this truly, that's, oh, sorry, who we got? Uh, we got T-Hom. Our buddy T-Hom, the assistant to the assistant. Uh, let's check in with him. He says this could be a truly interesting game against the Chiefs who have never lost in Vegas. Yes, Travis, we are all well aware, but after a gutsy performance against the league's number one offense and catching Kansas City at perhaps just the right time, you never know. Okay, my heart of hearts, I know as much as I'd like to see them win, I have them losing 27-19, but I could be wrong. Against the Dolphins, Josh Jacobs had 14 carries for 39 yards. If you contrast this with the two New York games, Josh had 26 for 98 uh, and two touchdowns against the Giants. Then he had 27 for 116 against the Jets. Head coach AP even said in his presser that the watermark for J.J. should be around 20 carries, so that simply got to happen. That doesn't mean he can also be involved in the passing game. In fact, I'd highly recommend it, but that run game has to be a fundamental part of this offensive attack. Another thing worth mentioning is the arm strength of O'Connell. He has the arm strength to get the ball downfield, as evidenced by the deep shots to Devontae and Trey, but what concerns me are the hot, tight throws to the outsides. He has to be able to zip those throws in there in a safe space, uh, which will loosen up the middle, but he also has to not let his eyes give him away when he looks across the middle. That's where crafty linebackers and safeties can jump around or where receivers are at risk of getting blown up. This is something that he and Coach Hardegree have to discuss and plan around. Play against the Chiefs, Plays against the Chiefs have to be called in quick. The line needs to be set and allow O'Connell time to read the situation. The ball's got to get out quickly. He's got to avoid the big sack, and he can't just throw up a prayer that has good chances of getting picked off. Let's get Mayer involved, Hunter and Tucker, and Devontae needs at least eight or nine catches. And this week, if the field goals are there, please take them. On defense, Max Crosby needs to come up with big, and I hope... The officials will at least call a fair game when it comes to Max being held. Yeah, man. Jeez, the hell holds on that guy. Shoot. Uh, because that's been both blatant and consistent all season long. Also wouldn't mind seeing Graham, Sam, Nate Hobbs, uh, two or three delayed blitzes uh, on the side opposite of Max. It's a good call. Good, good points here, T-Hom. In my dream world, the Raiders will get the ball with four minutes left with the score tied. O'Connell will drive the team down, use up all the clock, and Carlson will kick a field goal with the game to win the game in the end as the crowd looks up at Kansas City private box and waves while singing Shake It Off to the Losers. But even if we don't win uh, the game and the Chiefs uh, chalk up yet another one in this pretty one-sided rivalry for, for now, I would much rather wear the regal colors that we have rather than a ketchup and mustard onesie while sucking my thumb around the two teeth left in my head. Raiders are for life. Chiefs are for skin. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> anyway, stay safe, Raider Nation. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving and go turducken. Truth chicken. 
By the way, that says, uh, oh, the true chicken, by the way, that says turducken is the other white meat. Ciao, Tihan. All right, let's see. Paul! Of course. Can I get Paul in here? Uh, I guess I better bring up his his, his thing here. See, this is, this is the downside of doing a, doing a selfie here is I got to find all the sounds to everything. Okay, here we go. All right. Next up, it's Paul. Paul comes to us from Shropshire, Mississippi. Uh, he's actually in Shropshire, England, but... Uh, in uh, in England, Shropshire is west of Birmingham, and so in the United States, Mississippi is west of Birmingham. So we say that Paul is from Shropshire, Mississippi. Uh, all right, so here we go. I uh, hope you're all well. Sunday was frustrating. Day of maybes. If we had maybe 10% uh, more refinement on offense, we'd have won the game. We started and finished well, but the second and third quarter got bogged down, and we couldn't find any rhythm or creativity to help the running game. That's not just down to our inefficiencies, though. We have to give the Dolphins some credit for that. AP and Bo Hardegree didn't have their best game, and AOC4's inexperience meant we fell short. Plus, we didn't have Colt Miller again, and his absence has shown how important he is. That's a great call-out, man. I said last week that I wasn't sure what to expect from this game, so I feel disappointed we didn't win. Shows how far we've come, though, in a short space of time. It would have been a blowout under the other guy because we came so close that we're all a little frustrated. Had the Dolphins beaten us by 14, as most people expected, we'd have all shrugged our shoulders and moved on, but we're one play away, and it's annoying, but I'm down, not downhearted. We've been waiting to see progression. We're seeing it. We have a head coach at, at the minute that has solutions and not excuses. Come on, Paul. One guy who is doing consistently well is Patrick Graham. The defense is improving all the time, and they had another great showing, even with Marcus Peters looking less interested by the week. This Sunday will be uh, PG's biggest test to date. What can he do to stop Taylor Swift's bitch? If we can stop him and Chris Jones or even slow him down, we can win the game. I also said that last week you can learn a lot from the pe- from people in defeat. We need to see a response from everybody now, coaches and players alike. The spirit has been excellent of late, and that needs to stay high. We need to keep believing and come out fighting, and there's no better team to be playing uh, than the collection of mutant inbred swamp-dwelling trash from Missouri. Or <laughs> yeah. slowly but surely. I'm, I'm a guy in England, and he knows what Missouri's like. Shout out, Bonterre, Missouri. No disrespect, Will Compton. Uh, we're slowly but surely getting our identity back. We're not some plastic made-up version of Bill Belichick's love child. We're the Raiders. And my best Willie Brown voice, so let's go for these fools on all fronts. Don't be intimidated and bullied by them. Kick their asses early. Stick the fat-ass frog in the blue tent and make them wish they'd never set foot in Vegas. Last Sunday was a bump in the road. Part of the learning process. It's not okay to lose, but as long as we don't dwell on it and feel sorry for ourselves, it'll be fine. One thing we can't afford to do is blink because somebody slapped us in the mouth. Learn from it and go again. Smile at the doubters as you put your helmet on and find your inner Jack Tatum. The future belongs to us, Raider Nation, and it starts Sunday. So in the words of the late great Harvey Corman in Blazing Saddles, now go do that voodoo that you do so well. After next Sunday, we'll feel a lot better. We'll be six and six and putting our feet up, um, putting our feet up for a week. Get them cigars ready, Max. I can't put into words how much I contempt and hate I have for this bunch. None that you can read out, anyways. Man, I hate the effing Chiefs. Aiden, if you're watching, AP and Bo as well. 
uh, if you only do one more thing this season, please win on Sunday. The door to the P word is well and truly open if you do. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. It's not a holiday here in the UK, but every day I'm thankful for the Raiders and everybody in Raider Nation. Salute. Damn, Paul. Let's freaking go, buddy. Stay safe, RFR family. Love you, Raider Nation. His Lordship, the Royal Scribe, Paul Edgerton, Shropshire, Mississippi, Polly Award winner uh, uh, 2019 to 2022, Foggy Glasses Award winner 2020, BRT Sizzler scorekeeper, proud made man, five-time, 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 times two, plus one, plus one, winner of the Raiders Fan Radio BRT Sizzler Award. Damn, Paul. 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 Damn, Paul, that was awesome, dude. Good stuff there from Paul. Man, we appreciate you so very, very much. All right, next up, uh, let's get to some of these calls. Uh, oh, shoot. What happened to the other one? Well, where's it at? Oh, here we go. I got it. So I got Jacob from Fresno, and I got Josh in the 703. So let's kick it off with Jacob from Fresno. What's up, guys? Jacob from Fresno. You know what? I'm going to stop saying what's up, guys. What's up, Murph, Jeff, Michelle? You guys are first name basis now, right? It's been a while. I'm a made man for crying out loud. Yeah, hey, yeah you are. Bada bing. Look, I got two things to talk about with last week's game, and then we're going to go on to the next, all right? So Aiden O'Connell, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I got to say, this guy, he's kind of mid, you know, and that's on a good day. You know, when, when he has his good games, we can win. When he has his good games, he'll throw a tutty. He'll throw about 250, maybe. You know, that's that's a good game for O'Connell. I'm okay with that for right now. For this season, let him play it out. We don't really – we're in that place like with Antonio Pierce. We're on lease right now. So this year is a test. We're going to see what O'Connell can do. I just don't think he's going to be the guy in a couple years. He might be for the beginning. We'll see. We'll see what goes on. That brings me to the next point. Antonio Pierce. Coach Pierce – has this team playing with their hair on fire. I love it. I am for it. We did not win, but it felt like there's no moral victories in the NFL, but this doggone felt like one, didn't it? Didn't it feel like the Raiders were competitive the whole time? The offense kind of stunk it up there at the end. You wish you saw more, but he has a command in that locker room, and I love it. I want to see him back next year, and we'll see again, however this year plays out. Now, on to next week. We are playing a guy named Pat, all right? I don't like this guy. I don't like Mr. Pfizer. I don't like the fat coach. He's fat. I said he's fat. Anyway, I don't like these guys. These are the Chiefs next to the Steelers. I mean, they're the guys that we want to beat, and we play them twice a year. So I don't know. There's a lot of fire in that. Max Crosby it's got to be ingrained in his mind by now that I'm here, I'm here, I'm Kermit the Frog, and I'm here. You woke up the wrong mother mother. You woke up. Well, you know what, Patty? You woke up Papa, and Papa's coming. 
you don't wake up your father when he's sleeping, you're going to get a whooping this week. Max Crosby's coming for you. He's bringing the bell, and you're going to get him, Lord. Get him, Crosby. Get him. Yeah. Oh, no. Max, no, that's too much. Hey, oh, no, he's laying. No. No, I, I don't care. Just go. Stick the dogs on them, D. Let's go, AP. Get that defense coached up. Let's bring a W. Let's take the West. It's probably too late in the season to do that. But let's sweep the Chiefs. That's as good as taking the West. Yeah, let's go, Jacob from Fresno. Hell yeah. Corey flexes. I love this guy. I do too, man. He's awesome. He's definitely going to be in the, on the short list for Sizzlers. Uh, so we uh, we give a, a, an award out for the best emailer or phone caller of the week. And so uh, and we call it the Sizzler Award. And when uh, Swag Jeff isn't here to do it, it go to Michelle. She's not here. It goes to me. Uh, so, But I don't like to do it, so I just go to the chat room. So whatever you guys think uh, gets it, uh, then that's who we'll give it to. Uh, Vibrator says, Jacob is fired up. Paul says, brilliant, Jacob. Absolutely. Uh, good stuff there from Jacob from Fresno. We appreciate him so very very, very much. All right, we've only got one more to get to. Uh, there's probably going to be some F-bombs in this one. Uh, I didn't edit today, so uh, I don't think it's too filthy. But uh, let's check in with the uh, the always potty mouth, Josh in the 703. What's up, fam? What's up, Josh? Well, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> you know, uh, first off, shout out to the defense, man. Defense played a hell of a game. Man, fumbles, interceptions, I mean... The turnovers, man. Play yesterday. Um, but it's just, man, it hurts to see all them chances that we had, and they just go to waste. You know, I mean, I think out of all the turnovers we had, we got like, I don't even know if we got 12 points out of all those turnovers. And that's the part that sucks, man. You know, if you get turnovers, man, you got to capitalize on that stuff. Um, You know, like, I have nothing negative to say about defense. I, I don't – I'm not even talking about Marcus Peters. What, what really hurts was, one, end of that first half with the clock management, man, that was that was bad, man. And, and the play calling, the play calling was atrocious at times. And you just kind of got to sit there and just be like, y'all got to do better than that. I know some people are like, well, you know, hell, he's the interim head coach and he's the interim offensive coordinator. That don't matter. You accept the mantle. So it comes to that. I bet you Antonio Pierce knows that. Probably the offensive coordinator, but I bet you that's Antonio Pierce. He's like, I accepted this. The good with the bad. So that one, man, that just, that really hurt. And Andrew O'Connell looked, he just, he seemed like he was panicking. Got indecisive all of a sudden, and I don't know if that's because he was trying to go to reads or what, you know. And the run game, they were selling out to defeat the run. I mean, that's what they went out there to to stop, and that's why I thought the offense, like the passing game, would have picked up a bit better. But they they got Xavier Howard's head ran, so it's not like they had scrub corners back there, but. On to the next one, man. Uh, hopefully they learn from this and do better. And here come those fucking ketchup and mustard <laughs> bastards. So you know what it is. Man! 
Oops. Oh, wrong. Shit, I hit the wrong button. I didn't mean to play the trombone. I meant to hit that one. Sorry about that. Oh, my gosh. Sorry about that, my friend. I, I meant to hit the freaking applause. But anyway, so appreciate you, Josh, in the 703. Uh, appreciate you very, very much, man. You know what? And that's that's a good point, too, because a lot of us, you know, as much as we felt good uh, about this, there are some there are some real things in there uh, as well that, that that Josh isn't having, man. He's not he's not buying all the way into it, into the, some of the narrative. And, and hey, man, that's what, that's what Raider fans do, man. We don't we don't do, we don't just buy it because you present it to us uh, when you see something in there, you call it out. And so appreciate you, Josh, in the 703. All right. So we got Josh in the 703. We had Jacob from Fresno. Uh, we had a bunch of great emailers in there. I'm just see if I remember off the top of my head. We had T Hom. We had James Williams. We had, of course, Paul. We had uh, Van City Raider, who was made tonight. I feel like there was one more in there. Uh, anyways, who else do we got in there? Somebody tell me. Uh, looks like Josh is getting a lot of a lot of applause in there. I'll tell you what. Like I, I think Jacob from Fre- Jacob from Fresno has cracks me up the way that he just calls up and he just yells into the microphone or yells into the phone. Um, so that would be a fun one. And 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 Paul, man. Paul's always cracking me up. Now, I would I would love to give Paul uh, a sizzler award. Uh, Paul says Jacob or Josh for me. Okay, well Paul, you can't vote for yourself, and so he goes to Jacob or Josh. Uh, let's just he he, he let, let off with Jake. Oh, let's see, we got Josh, we got Josh. All right, let's go. Uh, oh, Jacob's fired up, brilliant, Jacob. Like uh oh man, I don't know. I would give it all three of you guys, but I feel like I do that all the time. Like I always give like multiple sizzlers, but I got to make a decision. So you know what, Paul, you can't vote for yourself, so I'm gonna vote for you. Paul, you get tonight's Sizzler Award. I am the Sizzler. 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 From the Walking Dead to errant Jedi Knights, Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. Let's go beat that Kermit the Frog sounding quarterback. Uh yeah, we got we got we got a lot to get to this week, Raider Nation. We got a tall task, but you know, we gotta Got a lot to deal with. We got that that quarterback. We got that tight end. We got that coach, man. Or like, he's fat. I know, but he's really freaking good at calling plays, man. And thank goodness he's not coming off of his bye week. Um, but anyways, we appreciate you, Raider Nation, uh, joining me here tonight for this podcast selfie. But we can't get out of here on Chiefs Week and not play the legendary Autumn Storm, which comes to you courtesy of my Uncle Mosh. Uh, we play it twice a year before each Chiefs game. And so this is Uncle Mosh. Uh, well, I don't even want to try to describe it to you because it's just something you got to hear. But let's go ahead and check in here with a rivalry week as we close out the show here. And 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 I'll, we'll shout out the chat room and do all that stuff here before we go after this. But uh, without further ado, here goes Uncle Mosh with the legendary Autumn Storm. I hate the Chiefs. You hate the damn Chiefs. I hate them. I hate them. You don't even understand, Swaggo, how much I hate them. Here, so here's my question: Why? 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 Do you Why? Hate the Why? Why is it okay to trash the Queefs? Nay, to have unbridled hatred for the Chiefs. 
Is it is it is it because their quarterback remains the only player who's an active member of an NFL team that when speaking conjures up images of Kermit the Frog? <laughs> is it because when he and the other KC Queefs wear their uniforms, they remind us of ketchup and mustard on a hot dog, aka wiener? <laughs> okay, look. It's bad enough somebody would actually ruin, I say, defile a perfectly good sausage made with leftover pork parts, bovine byproducts, and mystery meat with what a dose with a dose of ketchup. When all good and true Americans know if you are older than seven years old, the only acceptable semi-liquid condiment allowed on a hot dog is mustard. Speaking of mustard. Mustard-colored uniforms are no excuse to cheer for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hate them and their incorrigible fans as well. And because we brought up patriotism and all things truly American, let's not go down that rabbit hole about my hatred and disdain for America's team, the Cowgirls. The Raiders may not be America's national team, but they are the one and only nation. And our team is not restricted by national boundaries or simple little titles and labels. We are a worldwide phenomenon, a movement, if you will, a collection of passionate obsessives and loyal followers. Oh. We are Raider Nation. Come yes. On, Knock on wood if you're with them. But I digress. Back to my original point. Okay. You see, it's very simple. All right. I hate the Chiefs! <laughs> and hate is a strong word. And as I unconditionally support my team in silver and black, nay, love my team, and I am watching a game against any other team, I hate the other team. <laughs> seriously, seriously, how hard is that? Why must you hate them, you ask? Well, let me explain it to you. <laughs> Love and hate are as strong of emotions as you can get. And when I remember slash flashback to the golden days of my fandom and the beginning of my budding affair with the Raiders, if you will, as I began to love and support my team and take football seriously, it was crystal clear to me that when some upstart other team who is hell-bent on my demise shows up to piss on my parade... Well, I ain't having it. As my fandom grew and my silver and black loyalty grew, my only recourse was for pure and unadulterated hatred in its finest form. Please don't be confused. I'm not your basic burgeoning curmudgeon who hates everything. In fact, yes, I love my fellow man. I love my Lord and Savior. I love my country. I love my Raiders. I love Swag Jeff. And I love most of my family. <laughs> but for four hours, usually twice a year, I shelve my faith full of forgiveness. I choose to forget the oath I took when I joined the service at 18. And I declare those in ketchup and mustard uniforms and their fans, especially their fans, are my sworn enemies. So there you have it. <laughs> that is my anti-chief's testimony, my rant, or my confession, if you will. It's the reason 
It's my very own personal reason that I believe 100% in my heart. It's okay. Nay, mandatory. <laughs> it is a complete must without reservation or equivocation for me to trash talk and completely, wholeheartedly, and with everything I have and every ounce of strength I could muster to declare boldly with my silver and black clad head held high, I hate the Chiefs. Yes! Let's go! Knock on wood if you're with me. Mosh with his autumn storm. Uh, what a perfect way to cap off this episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate everybody that's in the chat room tonight. Uh, let's see. Paul is in there. He says that's why Uncle Mosh is the dawn. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. Uh, but appreciate you, Paul, joining us tonight. Appreciate Vibrator. What's up, baby? I uh, appreciate Ron the Mater is in there. Uh, Corey Flex says it's glorious. Uh, Guarab is in there. He says, hey, Murph, why are the Raiders so afraid to move up and get a great quarterback in the draft? Anyone have the answer? Man, I don't know. That was a different regime, man. It's a different day in Raider Nation, and uh, and so we're just going to look for the positive in, in the changes going forward and have faith and trust in Champ Kelly and the direction that he takes the personnel of this football team, and we'll figure that out in the offseason. Edgar V is in there. Carl Howard is in there. Raider Lorian is in there. Vegas Raider Pete is in there. Chronicles of the Black Hole. What's up, Daniel? Uh, and Mrs. OG Daniel as well. Uh, let's see. Carl Howard is in there. We appreciate all of those of you. So very, very much. Greg Brayman is in there. Uh, the good stuff is in there. Uh, Wyoming Raider is in there. Hooligan Nation is in there. Jay Morse is in there. Uh, shout out Salt City, Silver and Black. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, so many of our good folks are in there. Uh, well, there was, oh, shoot. There was a couple more in there I missed. Uh, Storm is in there. Uh, Gonzo, Julian Cardenas, Adriel Ramirez, James Furpo. Uh, thank you so very, very much for joining us for this episode of Raiders Fan Radio. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and get out of here for the night. I'll tell you, though, man, Raider Nation... We got a lot to look forward to. We got a big-ass game on Sunday. Cannot wait for this football game, man. I, I, as I said, I think it's the biggest opportunity for this Raiders team since the freaking the, the, the day that we took out the San Diego Chargers. And uh, I know they're the LA Chargers, but you know what I'm talking about when we beat them to go to the playoffs. Uh, so I cannot wait for that day. But also, man, I'm excited for this week. I'm excited about tomorrow. I hope you all have an opportunity to share some amazing time with friends and family. Uh, for all those uh, men and women that are overseas, uh, our hearts go out to you. My son Tristan is out there serving. Uh, I know Jeff's brother is out there uh, currently serving. And so for, uh, just think about all those folks that are out there protecting our freedoms each and every day that don't have the opportunity to be with their families. Uh, so just, you know, uh, send one up for them and, and think about them. And for all of those of you that are getting together with your friends and family, uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, there's always something that we can lock in to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for all of those of you not to be so cheesy about it or nothing. But I'm thankful for everybody that supports this show and supports our foundation. Like, I could 
I could do an entire episode on gratitude, on the, on the support that you've given us. Uh, we get new listeners all the time and, and cannot thank you enough for the support you give us here at Raiders Fan Radio. I thank you guys so very, very much and genuinely love you, man, for, for what you do. Uh, and, and because of, because of that, we're able to share your generosity uh, with Raider Nation, or not, excuse me, share your generosity through Raiders-related charities that folks that are actually out there doing the Lord's work, like the Bolitnikovs, like Raider Dad, um, you know, like Max Crosby's new foundation. Uh, so if we don't we don't get to that without you. So thank you so very, very much. Freaking love you guys. And let's go beat the trees. Happy Thanksgiving! Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.